We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey now, Roto Grinders, welcome to week three of the NFL preseason here at RotoGrinders.com. My name is Chris Gimino, NFL analyst for RG NFL, and joining me is Kyle Murray, who is our football expert here for the 2023 season. Kyle, uh, we are hitting into the traditional week three of the preseason where we used to get two and a half quarters of the starters. We are not going to get that this week, are we? Nope, does not look like that, and I think you know coaches are uh, you know wisening up, I suppose, and you know taking it a little bit more easy on some of these starters. But I know that's good news for you because you love talking about these guys way down the depth chart uh, more than yeah. anybody. Yeah, Kyle has to talk me into liking anyone who's got any chance at playing in the regular season when we're going through some of these lists. So you know, I'd like to talk about the jabronis, the deep, 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 disgusting plays, and that's what we're going to talk about here on this podcast. But before we do that, we are going to talk about what's happening. Promotion-wise, at Roto-Grinders, we've got a sale going on. Get the sirens out, Kyle. There's a sale. NFL is here, and we're more ready than ever with a team of experts and our suite of tools. Uh, let Roto-Grinders handle the legwork so that you can work less and win more this NFL season. You can get access to everything we have to offer for a special discount. For those without an RG subscription already, uh, 50, 50 bucks off, $50. Kyle, you can buy a lot. You can get like a nice uh, you know, a, a nice meal for $50 at certain spots these days, although inflation's getting in there all the more reasons you need that 50 bucks off their rg subscription just 375 get to rotogrinders.com get uh, kyle we've got some stuff that are gonna it's gonna blow people's minds coming up in the near future so get to rotogrinders you don't want to be uh, a late arriver to some of this cool stuff we're working on rotogrinders.com sign up for premium and you can get information like our core place article for preseason some of which we are going to talk about right now starting with the quarterbacks kyle stetson bennett is old he is someone who is coming into the NFL, uh, someone who wasn't necessarily expected to do a whole lot in the regular season. And quite truthfully, that's probably going to be true. However, this is the preseason and he's 
played 80% of the snaps in two consecutive games. Talk about Bennett. Like, what, what are we doing here? Are, are we expecting him to go out and repeat like we've seen the Rams do in years past? Yeah, I mean, all signs point. You know, we talked about him pretty in-depth on last week's podcast, and, and it's the same situation. All signs point to them wanting to use these games as evaluation time for Bennett. You know, they have Brett Rippon, and we talked – you know, it's, it's almost like a you know, repeated record here, but they know what they have in him. He's going to be, you know, a low, low ceiling type guy. He's just a, you know, just really a body. Bennett's the guy that they wanted to be able to develop for after Stafford. Um, you mentioned he's old. He's like our current generation of, you know, Brandon Whedon, the really old quarterback that uh, gets a late start there. Um, but yeah, in terms of Bennett, we should be expecting very similar playing time. Uh, they do have a fourth quarterback on the roster, Dresser Win, but he hasn't seen one snap in preseason, so all signs point to that. You know, remaining the same. Stone for over 330 passing yards. Only one touchdown this preseason, which, you know, is fairly disappointing if you've been rostering him. But, again, we're looking for playing time, and, you know, we should be able to expect that from Bennett here. We should particularly like playing time in week three because we're probably going to see the relative rate of skill on the defensive side of the ball go down as the weeks progress here. Uh, Betson's staying the same level of average the entire time. Speaking of guys who are well, once thought to be average, now looking like Joe Montana, or you insert somebody younger for the cop for the younger generation, Kyle. What quarterback should I be saying here instead of Joe Montana when we talk about Aiden O'Connell? Is it Tom Brady? Who's the new guy? Oh man, I, I, I don't want to go too far to compare anyone to Tom Brady. I know I made a joke about that on our Slack earlier with uh, you know people throwing some Tom Brady comparisons out there, but you know I guess in terms of someone who was once thought to be average is now pretty good. Jalen Hurts is a guy that a lot of people were pretty low on at one point in his career. And obviously now he is, you know, one of the the golden standards there, but O'Connell, he was a guy who put up some numbers for us. If anybody out there is listening, uh, was a college football DFS player guy put up numbers in college uh, there in Purdue. And he's, you know, made a name for himself here in the preseason has the highest passer rating amongst any quarterback in the preseason so far, 125, pretty good number there. Um, and we have a couple of guys that we, we don't mind stacking with him either. So uh, O'Connell makes a lot of sense here. And I saw some rumors about them potentially, you know, maybe even making way for him to be their backup by uh, cutting Brian Hoyer, obviously that we're going to have more of a detailed uh, truth on that once cuts come around. But just the fact that that is in the air just goes to show how good he's been playing. And, you know, I, I think this is going to continue to be an evaluation period for O'Connell here. Yep. Aiden O'Connell, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, someone who's played a good amount of snaps so far. I would expect very little to no snaps from the starters in week number three. Uh, and you would expect Chase Garbers to continue to play limited to no action uh, with a shout out to Brian Hoyer, who played a bunch last week. I don't know that I've ever seen him play a bunch in multiple weeks in the preseason. McDaniel's coming from the Patriots system, using that as my reference point. Looks pretty good for O'Connell here to play at least a half and got some upside to play quite a bit more than that. Uh, Jared Stidham is someone, you know, on the Broncos that you would like to think he would play a half. I mean, what, what, circumstances exist that would allow Sidham to not play at least half of this game, Kyle? Uh, it would be the Ben DiNucci show. If the only, the only way we see Sidham not play a half is if Ben DiNucci plays two and a half to three quarters, um, which, you know, that hasn't really been the current pattern so far here in Denver. Uh, last week we saw Sidham play 56% of the snaps. Um, you know, Sidham, I, I do think it is at least coming into the preseason, it was pretty clear that he was going to be the backup, but he hasn't really played well. And 
Danucci has at times played okay. So I think Stidham is actually, you know, kind of fighting for, you know, you know, his case to really make clear that he is the backup option here. Um, and with all the starters expected to sit, uh, which makes sense after the starters playing pretty good amount in, in both of the first two games. And obviously them dealing with some injuries with Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, both being injured. Now, I think it's safe to say that Broncos are probably going to take this one a little bit easy. Uh, so we could see Stedham play two. Maybe there's even upside for more here for, for playing time here for Stedham. I saw a report on the commander's website about Jacoby Brissett necessarily playing a lot of snaps on this uh, fine Saturday evening slate of six games. Now, I don't know if that is a reliable way to project playing time here in the preseason. I do know that uh, from Jake Fromm has had his big moment last week, uh, ending the streak of the Baltimore Ravens in terms of preseason wins. But I would say that Brissett does have a case to play up to a half here in this game. I mean, how do we sort of split this up between Brissett and Fromm? Because I think one of them is probably going to end up being useful at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. I think similar to Stidham, Brissett, you know, came into the preseason as the clear number two. It seemed like they brought him in for a reason in case the, the Sam Howell experiment didn't work out. And he's just been really bad this preseason, um, really hasn't gotten off to a good start, not a lot of no positive reports for Brissett. I mean, that might necessarily be because of the fact that uh, Sam Howell is just getting glowing recommendations everywhere you look. Um, but, you know, I think it could be a scenario similar to the Denver situation where, you know, Brissett needs to, you know, prove that he's going to, you know, be able to be a, a safe and reliable option behind Howell here. Yeah. And the Cowboys are pretty set with their backup situation. Their, their starters obviously aren't going to play, uh, but Cooper Rush did get in the game last week for a little over a third of the snaps. Uh, but Will Greer got his long look as they suggested he would. How long of a look are you really projecting here for Greer? Is it going to be something similar or has Greer possibly got the upside to play a little bit more? Yeah, I think he has the the, the potential to play more here. I mean, I, there's just really no reason to run Cooper Rush out there for from any more than a couple of drives, and you know maybe they want to, you know, make sure that the the second team is running you know steadily with Cooper Rush. But you know, this guy's been in the Dallas system for you know almost six seven years now. They know exactly what they have in Cooper Rush. They know that he's going to be their backup. Um, so I think there's a real chance that we see Cooper Rush play a series two, maybe three, and then Will Greer plays the rest of the game. So I think there's up upside for potentially three quarters. For Will Greer, and he also hasn't been that bad in the preseason either. You know, similar to Stetson Bennett, he has over 330 passing yards. He has two passing touchdowns. So I, I think you can put him kind of in the in the tier with Bennett here in terms of potential playing time if Cooper Rush does indeed only play a drive or two. Uh, and then in terms of the options around him, I, I think there's a couple of interesting options as well that kind of uh, make Greer look like a, a feasible uh, candidate here for a for a preseason slate. Two more names at quarterback worth mentioning and I'll say barely in one case uh, Trevor Lawrence is you know we'll talk more about the Jaguars in a little bit here but they're expected to play over a quarter they, I, I heard the the dirty disgusting word for starters that he'll play a half I don't think that he'll make it all the way to halftime but there is certainly a chance that we see three possibly four series depending how well they play he tosses two touchdown passes I would imagine Trevor Lawrence would be useful in your DFS lineup uh, and then the other name I want to mention is Zach Wilson. Tim Boyle is not expected to make the team. There's not really a ton of reason to, to give him extensive run, although they certainly could. And Zach Wilson, they've proven they've been looking to get him all the reps 
he can handle here in the preseason as they try to salvage him from the dumpster and make him an actual NFL player. Speaking of the Jets, Kyle, let's move on to the running back position. Uh, the the competition has sort of played out at the in the backfield for them. It does look like Zonovan Knight could be the odd man out. That is going to be good news for DFS. What do you think about the potential for him to get significant run in this game? Yeah, I mean, in terms of a guy, you know, needing incentive to, to perform well, Knight has that, you know, it doesn't seem like he has a great chance to make the team here, but this is going to be an audition for other teams here. You know, obviously there's going to be teams that, you know, might need some running back depth and Zion Knight's a, a key candidate here. We've seen this guy play and play pretty well during regular season games. Um, and, and yeah, I think this could be a scenario where he's able to audition for himself, um, potentially not to make this team, but maybe to make others. And I think that's a, kind of potentially underrated component for potential player incentives here in the preseason that maybe get overlooked a little bit in terms of DFS. So, uh, yeah, I think Knight is going to have the opportunity. We know that he has you know, a decent enough skill set. And, uh, you know, in terms of comparing him to other players on a preseason slate, you probably have to rank him amongst the, the most talented. So um, I, I think he makes a lot of sense here, and I think the opportunity is really good for him here. You don't expect to see a lot of Michael Carter. And as you know, Kyle, I am not a big fan <laughs> of Travis Dye. Let's go ahead and talk about the Denver Broncos. Last week, uh, you tried to pump up this player harder than I did, and I wish I would have listened to you, Jaleel McLaughlin. This was a week winner, so to speak. A couple of touchdowns for Denver. I don't see a whole lot stopping him from getting a little bit of run here. What say you? Yeah, McLaughlin looks pretty good. The the only thing that it could potentially you know serve as a bit of an obstacle here would be Tyler Beatty returning uh, from an injury. But you know, again. I tend to think that if players are injured, they're not going to rush back into a preseason game. Um, Beatty might have a little bit of added incentive to do so if you know he's you know feels like he has a chance to make the team. Um, but again, that's news that we could potentially monitor if he is out. Um, you know, they have Dwayne Washington behind McLaughlin, who's a special teamer, uh, and McLaughlin has found the end zone three times already this preseason. And this is a guy who's been a producer um, pretty much anywhere he's been. He, he leads the NCAA in rushing yards, and a lot of coaching staff and, and a lot of uh, fans in Denver have sung the praises of Jill McLaughlin. So if he continues to get the touches, he's definitely a guy who showed that he can make do and, you know, make production out of those touches. So McLaughlin's a guy that makes a lot of sense, especially if things kind of roll out the way we're expecting with the starters and P Ryan, who we basically are assuming he's a starter right now uh, and Beatty you know, also being limited due to injury. If that's the case, McLaughlin could see a lot, a lot of work here. Probably a good time to point out that we are talking about this slate as if the main slate is going to be starting at 6 p.m., but just keep that in mind. Uh, there is actually 10 games on Saturday this week, and some of these games might get mixed in and out of different slates. So, uh, you know, again, we're talking about the players as if the games are starting at a 6 p.m. lock time. However, there again, there's a bit of a split slate situation coming up here on the Saturday slate. Now, Keaton Mitchell is a player that left the game, unfortunately, uh, last week in week two. Uh, looks like he is fine and back at practice, and the Baltimore Ravens don't have a lot of options that can go here at the running back position, considering Melvin Gordon did not practice on the 24th. Usually a sign that they are at least less likely to play during the game, albeit not a lock. So, what you know, that could have been a veteran day off too. So let's, let's talk about this. Uh, at most, they've got four backs here. If you consider Dobbins and Edwards not going to play, right? Uh, it looks pretty good here for Keaton Mitchell. 
Yeah, you know, same sort of situation as the past couple of weeks. It hasn't necessarily worked out the way we wanted to, but in week one, you know, he had a you know thirty yard rushing touchdown called back on, you know, might be a biased uh, kind of viewpoint here, but I think it was a fairly weak call. And then obviously last week he got banged up, but Justice Hall, uh, Justice Hill, excuse me, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot. You know, same sort of scenario as last week. We know what he's going to you know serve on this team. We know the role that he's going to play. Played ten percent of snaps last week. I feel like that could potentially even go down to zero, but you know, 10, 10% snaps, if that repeats, uh, and then we do see Melvin Gordon limited or potentially out due to that injury or, or potential rest, or, you know, they just know he's not going to make the team. We could be down to a really thin running back room. And if that's the case, Keaton Mitchell, if he is able to return, which it sounds like it was just a stinger. Um, it sounds like he's going to be in a really prime spot. And another guy who's been praised in terms of his production as a runner, but also as a pass catcher. And that's obviously good for uh, DFS production. So Mitchell, I, I think it's pretty interesting here for sure. Owen Wright had his big moment last week, got a chance to play extra snaps because of his injury. And he helped end the Ravens preseason winning streak with <laughs> nine carries for 10 yards. Let's talk about a person that absolutely everybody knows a household name, you could say, Kyle. Calvin Tyler Jr. Who is Calvin Tyler Jr., Kyle? Yeah, so funny. We Before we went live here, I heard the name Calvin Tyler, and I actually got confused with Calvin Austin, who we've been you know, seeing uh, as a receiver for the Steelers on, on a couple of preseason slides, including week one when you, uh, when you called him and he had the long touchdown. But uh, running back um, out of New Mexico – or uh, sorry, Utah State. And, yeah, not a lot to, to know about Calvin Tyler so far, except – Sounds like he might have a chance to, to see the field quite a bit here. Obviously, the Bengals are not going to play Joe Mixon. Starters not expected to play. And then they're dealing with some injuries and some illnesses. Travion Williams hurt his leg a few weeks ago. He hasn't appeared uh, at all this uh, most of this training camp in preseason. And then, obviously, Chris Evans dealing with the illness. So, Calvin Tyler Jr. is in a good spot. Um, and, he, you know, he was a fairly productive guy in college as well. So, I wouldn't be surprised if we can maybe see him late in the game against a couple of third or fourth stringers and, and have himself a, a successful game here. Here's why I kind of like him here. Well, first of all, you know, there's really – you got Chase Brown, Jacob Saylors, Calvin Tyler all lined up as the potential backs here for this week. We're not going to see Chris Evans. He's doubtful with an illness. You're not going to see Travion Williams. You're not going to see Joe Mixon. You're definitely not going to see Joe Mixon. So – Chase Brown being someone who's got his spot sewn up on the team, played 56% of the snaps last week, but I think he's had his fill of preseason. You might see him splash around in the first quarter, but I think most of this game uh, per report that I've read online is going to be Sailors and Tyler. So if you look at Jacob Sailors, he's closest comparable to Mark Walton. If you don't know who Mark Walton is, he is one of the worst testing running backs I've ever seen in my entire life when it comes to athleticism in the national football league pre-draft process that just leaves Tyler, who is no absolute stud himself, ranked 31 of 43, coming in athletic score on playerprofiler.com for the class. Uh, he's 5'8", 211 with an 88th percentile body mass index. So the reason that you might actually like that in a game like this is because they're probably just going to try to burn the clock and get out of there without getting anybody hurt for the most part. And he's kind of the perfect run him, you know, for four yards in a cloud of dust kind of characteristic. I wouldn't expect him to be breaking any long runs or anything. You never know, though. Uh, but you would expect him to be more of a grinder type just based on his athletic profile. So if he gets enough carries, he could do something, especially if one of those carries comes from the one-yard line. Who else do we got at running back here, Kyle? What, what, what else can we look forward to on this wonderful Saturday slate? Yeah, there's a couple of, a couple of names that I have my eye on. A couple of them are going to 
obviously have to revolve around getting some news. So obviously, as always, make sure you're checking in on our Discord and lineup HQ for updated projections and, and notes and all that good stuff. But um, in terms of the Miami guys over here, obviously we saw Devin Shane get banged up. He got carted off shoulder injury. Um, so not expecting him to play. And he's going to be week to week. So it sounds like it's not overly serious, which is good news for anyone who might have him in best ball, but uh, not going to be there this week. Um, McDaniel came out and said that stars will play more than a series, less than a half. So obviously a lot of, uh, you know, room for your imagination there. I'm expecting for the majority of these starters, uh, a series or two is probably the reasonable expectation here, especially for guys uh, like Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson's been dealing with an injury the entire training camp and preseason. He hasn't played in preseason yet. I would be fairly surprised if he plays. Uh, so then you're left with Raheem Mostert, who had a pretty successful game uh, last week. But again, they, they don't need to roll him out there. He's injury prone enough. Maybe a series or two for him. Uh, for Raheem Mostert. And then after that, you get to a pretty thin uh, running back group. Sal, uh, Salvin Ahmed, Miles Gaskin, Chris Brooks. Miles Gaskin uh, missed week two with an in, in undisclosed injury there. So don't know exactly what's going on with Gaskin. Uh, but if he's out for this one, it could be the Salvin Ahmed show. Uh, and he looked pretty good last week. He had a couple of long plays. He was used in the passing game, a couple of design screens. You know, we should expect a pretty unique passing uh, offense for these running backs uh, out of Miami, as we have seen over the last year with McDaniel there. And uh, Ahmed could be the direct uh, benefactor from that there. Yep. Uh, I think I also want to mention the Giants running back situation. Probably only two guys are going to see the majority of the snaps there. Jason Corbin, Eric Gray, uh, both players who have got it done in the past. And I think that we can look to them again this week if we're looking – to get some deeper options to fill our tournament multi-entry strategy. Let's get on to the wide receivers, Kyle. Let's talk about more Los Angeles Rams. The Rams we love in preseason because they don't like to play any of their starters. They like to consolidate snaps. And the guy who's been getting the consolidated snaps at wide receiver is a guy we actually know, Tyler Johnson. So do we think that we can rely on the Rams to continue to give him the reps uh, to put him on our radar yet again? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we saw him play almost 90% of snaps last week. Uh, he turned that into seven targets and he's been targeted pretty heavily, uh, this preseason, even in week one, when he didn't play as many snaps, he played about 45% of the snaps. He still saw seven targets. So, you know, he's been targeted pretty heavily. He's one of the guys that a name that we recognize, like you mentioned, uh, former fifth round pick, obviously a guy that was in Tampa for a while there. Uh, and he's been pretty productive with his opportunity. You know, you're seeing a couple of guys like, uh, Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakua not play much in the preseason. Nakua didn't play at all last week. Um, I think that's potentially because of the fact that his roster spot is pretty safe and pretty solidified. I didn't see any uh, official news on him missing practice or any injury or anything like that. So I, I think these guys with, with them sitting and obviously the Rams taking a pretty conservative approach with guys who they know are going to serve them uh, a, a pretty big role here in the regular season that opens up some things for Tyler Johnson. And, you know, he's taken advantage so far and I think he can continue to do so here. Yeah. Another guy I think we can consider a pretty good chance to run a lot of snaps here is once again, to another preseason darling team, the Raiders, uh, Christian Wilkerson, just a, you know, historical new England Patriots fixture in preseason. Now he's following McDonald's, right over to Las Vegas, and so far, so good. 
Yeah, he's been playing with the ones quite a bit in, in uh, practice, and that's not really stopped him from playing throughout the entirety of the game in the preseason, obviously dealing with a lot of injuries for some of these guys here. Devontae Adams recently returned to practice in a limited fashion after being injured. Jacoby Myers, Renfro, these guys have been dealing with some injuries, and Wilkerson has been able to take advantage of some playing time in practice and also in the preseason games. Uh, like you mentioned, he's been playing about 80% of the snaps so far this preseason. Uh, and he took advantage last week, found the end zone. So hopefully he can find the end zone again here and he's sort of a clear-cut uh, potential stacking option with O'Connell if you are looking to stack here in preseason. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that you know, Keelan Cole and Phil Dorsett are also fighting for a roster position here. So, that, you know, quite frankly, they could also be the ones that play, you know, half the snaps or more this week and get in the box. It's You know, you can't rule it out. So it's a little bit scary. It's week three. You know, you never know if some of these other guys could get in there like Trey Tucker for a little bit longer, but based on what we know, those are the three guys on the Raiders that think makes the most sense to try to battle it out for that roster position in the final game and get some additional tape out there. Okay. So Bryce Ford Wheaton, uh, this is a player that, I mean, production wise in the preseason, I wouldn't say it's been there very much, but snap wise, we can say that we've seen him a lot. Do we think we're going to have any chance of converting that into some real production this week? I sure hope so. This is a guy who, you know, for, for people who really like to see those athletic scores and, and all the athletic ability, he checks a lot of those boxes. He's big, he's fast, he's strong. He has, you know, pretty solid uh, radius in terms of being able to go make catches. And he hasn't really been able to turn that into a lot of production, but he hasn't necessarily had a lot of opportunity either. He has only had five targets this preseason, two last game. He did catch both uh, for 24 yards. So, you know, obviously with the scenario that we're expecting for some of these Giants receivers, you're looking at a much more thinned out uh, receiving room here. You know, we've seen Cole Beasley at times, you know, make some plays. Jen Hyatt scored last week. Sterling Shepard got some snaps last week. These guys are, you know, players that we're not really projecting to play a whole lot. So if Bryce Ford Wheaton can now play even more snaps and potentially even see more volume, I think this could be a spot where he finally uses that that athleticism to his advantage and produces from a DFS standpoint. Yeah, starter's not really expected to go, and you've got maybe six guys that you can cross off, maybe seven if you want to cross off Jalen Hyatt as well. I think we've seen enough there. Nice game for him last week, but I think the jig might be up for preseasons. I think we're going to be heading deeper down this list for them to fight for that final wide receiver position, and the guys that you want to keep an eye on for that would include Jamison Crowder, uh, more likely Colin Johnson, who was out last week, and the aforementioned Ford Wheaton. All right, let's get into some of these other wide receiver potential options. These are maybe not quite as heavy on the snap totals to expect, but I still think that we could see some of the Jets guys, Brownlee and Gibson. Um, talk about the Ravens for a second. Do we think that we, the Ravens are going to dial it up again for Proch and Wallace? Yeah, I mean, both of these guys have continued to play a ton. Um, Proch is a guy that I was pretty high on last week. Didn't really turn it into a whole lot of production, but he played 64% of snaps. So, you know, in terms of trying to project a guy and and hoping that, uh, you know, you're, you're right on the playing time, we were right on Proch and, and Wallace last week. And, you know, with all signs pointing to it being a fairly similar rotation of wide receivers being rolled out there as a lot of these, you know, vets or guys with, pretty significant roles are, un, are unlikely to play or expected to sit or be limited. I do think that these two could take advantage. I think they're more of tournament plays. We'll probably see the Ravens, you know, obviously go back to their, their run heavy offense uh, as they like to do. But in terms of GPP plays or guys with some upside, 
we'll see these guys on the field. And both of these guys do have pretty interesting speed profiles. Uh, so maybe they can, you know, break a big play here um, and potentially pay off. Uh, obviously, a, a tournament sort of setting where you're looking for lower ownership, I think Baltimore could kind of fit that bill here. Yeah, more guys who could be on the field a little bit fighting for roster spots. In Washington, Mitchell Tinsley is someone that to keep an eye out for. In Tampa Bay, Rackham Jarrett uh, is a player who should be able to see the field uh, enough to give himself a chance this weekend. Uh, I mentioned uh, Gibson and Brownlee on the Jets already and Brooks and Cropper on the Cowboys. They have a lot of players on that roster, but it looks like it's going to get thinned down quite a bit by you know the starters being rolled out and their depth chart generally being squared away. So those are two guys – uh, Kyle unearthed here for the Cowboys that could be useful uh, in you know the multi-entry strategy for GPPs. Getting on to the tight end position, the legend Tanner Hudson tops the list yet again, Kyle. And look, this isn't some kind of bias that we're coming up with here, right? I mean, you look at the depth chart here, they, they need to have a competition that plays out between him and their returning Mitchell Wilcox. So I do think Hudson's going to get his chance here. Uh, what more can you say? Yeah, and I think another thing that we've sort of pointed out with other players throughout this week is, you know, Tanner Hudson didn't really get to show what he could do last week with him being out. So this could potentially be a spot where Cincinnati goes, all right, well, since we couldn't see him much of last week, maybe we'll uh, even trot him out there for a bit more this week. And, you know, guys been producing for us for how many years now? So uh, I think, you know, all signs are pointing up for uh, Mr. Hudson here. You don't have to pencil him in for five, six catches like he usually gets in preseason, it seems. I mean, two is usually going to be enough to keep you afloat, you know, especially in anything that's not like a super huge field. I, I imagine it'll be pretty popular, but there are lots of options this week. So it's not necessarily going to be like everyone's going to have Tanner Hudson here. So let's make them prove us, you know, prove it that they know the history, make them prove that they understand who this guy is and what his skill set is. Generally speaking, he's a pass receiving first tight end who has absolutely earned himself a spot in the preseason hall of fame. Now there are some other plays though. We cannot just say exclusively lock Tanner Hudson into the lineup because there's going to be some guys who play a lot. Davis Allen on the Rams, Kyle. I mean, tell you want to talk about targets, uh, talk about what's going on here with him. Yeah. So Allen didn't play at all in week one and returned uh, week two and played 81% of snaps here. And he, you know, went for eight targets there in terms of preseason, you're not finding many guys other than Austin Watkins, who's been the the preseason receiving superhero uh, out of Cleveland there, who've had games of eight targets. And obviously for him being a tight end, that puts him in an even more unique position just due to the weakness of the position. Um, and again, like, I'm, I'm probably not going to be surprised if he plays less than 81% of snaps simply just because it's preseason. And I do think that this guy is going to make the team. Um, but in terms of the ability to, to see a guy who has – shown that he's going to be targeted in the offense and be, and be used as a pass catcher, you're just not going to find many guys like that at the tight end position. So he's just on that alone. He's definitely worthy of being in your player pool here. Uh, the Ravens like to use their, their tight ends and their offense, even in the new offense, it seems, because we saw Travis Vokalek and Charlie Kolar both get some production last week, plenty for our taste here in preseason DFS. I think we can look to the Ravens tight ends once again. Uh, if you want to gamble on the – Jacksonville Jaguars situation. I think we skipped over them for the wide receivers. So why don't you talk a little bit about what's going on with Jacksonville and why we might have like a shot in hell of getting some production here from the starting group. 
Yeah, so, you know, it, it could be a similar scenario to the Steelers from last night or, you know, the Chiefs last week where the coach comes out and says, yeah, we're going to play them a half. And obviously guys like Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, we, we know what these guys are going to do. They're obviously going to play a massive role. They're going to lead the, the offense, you know, be the stars of this team. So they probably don't need to see a whole lot. But, you know, Peterson was asked a couple times and he came out and said that he – thinks it's very important and he sees an advantage to getting uh, his starters some reps and they haven't really gotten a whole lot in the preseason they played a, I think a series or two in week one they didn't play at all in week two after joint practices with the Lions so that, you know that goes to show that maybe he does want to take this as, an, as a time to make sure that his offense is in it's kind of a mint condition here in terms of the way that they're going to be operating and it could easily backfire and end up being a situation like the Steelers last night with Kenny Pickett, who moved the ball down the field, but then a running back scored uh, touchdowns. And then, but it could also be similar to, you know, Denver in week one, where it was Jerry Judy who caught the 30 yard touchdown. If, if someone like Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, if they rack up two, three catches and a couple of drives and they find the end zone in a low scoring environment, like preseason DFS, these guys are going to be, you know, worth uh, being in lineups and, you know, potentially even in the optimal lineup, uh, I wouldn't go overboard. I think that there's a lot of risk reward here for these guys. If they play a quarter and a half, I think they'll be pretty solid plays. But then again, the the ability for them to go out there and have one really good drive and then be done, that's also there to kind of you know keep that floor at a low enough point to where they're not surefire things. Yeah, a good example would be the Pat Freermuth situation, right? So you mentioned this. Uh, Freeman scored the week before on limited snaps this week. People wanted to play him a little bit because it was a short slate. Didn't really work out for them. Somebody else on the team scored. So if you want to go with Evan Ingram at the tight end position, just be aware, a little bit of risk. I mean, if they play well enough to get in the end zone, they're probably not going to stay on the field for all that much longer. Uh, Luke Schumacher, probably the last name that I'll mention here on Dallas. Not really too much to dive into there. He's young. He needs experience. And he is definitely going to be someone who has at least a chance to get some fantasy points. Kyle, just want to remind people one more time, we've got a sale, Roto-Grinders Premium. Uh, get on out to get the $50 off if you've not been a subscriber before. Limited time only price of $375. Let us handle legwork so that you can work less and win more this NFL season. That's going to do it for the week three podcast for Saturday the 26th. Best of luck in all of your contests. For Kyle Murray, I'm Chris Tremino. See you out there in the preseason streets.